All right, all right. Welcome to the Made Men Monday. This is your man DB, transformed from trauma victim into a victor over trauma, and your emotional responsive coach. You are now inside the Made Men Project, where every Monday we are bringing you an empowering personal message or message to dismantle society's false sense of masculinity and change the male narrative. Thanks for coming through today. Since the day I opened up about my emotions, it's just been so much easier to live and so much easier to enjoy life. Michael Phelps. My guest today is my good friend Kevin Atkins. Kevin is an all-around family man, real estate agent, owner and team captain of UR Realty Group, and in his spare time you can catch him baking up batches of wonderful cookies for his customers as an owner of Kevin's Cookies. In this episode, Kevin shares some of his experiences as a D1 scholarship athlete at Marshall University, some of the challenges and lessons he faced during childhood, and his journey from boyhood to manhood. Make sure you share this podcast with others who you think can benefit from it. Just copy and paste the link. You can also view the interview on my YouTube channel at Derek Butler Empowered. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, click the bell, and share. Remember to subscribe to the Made Men Project and leave us a rating and review. All right, let's get it. Hey yo fellas, we, we made men, we made men, try to believe that within, I just wanna be a good man, okay, I know you all, but tell me you a good man, tell me you're a good man, so many men are being crushed, societal demands to be tough, yes you, yes you are enough, okay. I just wanna be a good man, I can't relate to you brother, cause you're a good man, yes you are a good man. Right beside you, I'm right behind you. I know that life could be hard. Right? You're not a coward, you got the power for talking about your scars. No, you're not so. Let me inspire you, empower you, be called. Society may want to see you fall, you got another brother to call. So many men are being crushed. Societal demands to be tough. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. Don't bluff. Okay. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. Hey, hey, I'm here, my brother. I love you. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. I just wanna be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Made Men Project. I'm your host, DB, and I'm bringing on my good friend, my brother from another mother, Kevin Atkins. Kevin is an all-around family man, real estate agent, owner, and team captain of your realty group. In the spare time, you can catch him baking up a batch of wonderful cookies for his customers as an owner of Kevin Cookies. Today, Kevin is going to help me dismantle society's false sense of masculinity because so many men are being crushed under societal demands to be tough, deny any kind of vulnerability, sensitivity, or any internal hurt and pain. It's time to change that narrative. So listen, y'all, it's going to be a great show with so many things you are going to want to pay attention to. But first, really quickly, If you are a man who knows that you have the potential to do great things, but just not sure how to get from where you are to where you want to be, trapped in mental and emotional bondage, crushed under self-limiting beliefs and behaviors, it's time to stop struggling with the stress, anxiety, and fear. Head over to www.linkedin.com backslash in backslash DBM powers and send me a message as we book your free no pitch clarity call so you can learn about me and my team and if and how we can help you master your emotions maximize your full potential and get different outcomes in every area of life in the next 60 days all right so my man kevin what's up brother how you doing welcome to the show what up what up thanks for having me bro oh man glad i can kind of catch up finally catch up with you man and get you on this thing man how's everything going with you brother oh man it's it's going good you know everybody in good health 
and um you know things are progressing you know when we first hit that COVID it slowed down a lot of things but we kept pressing through that and now we're back where we want to be and getting beyond those obstacles so yeah, everything man. is good good to be here this morning oh man that's great to hear brother that COVID wasn't no joke man it still isn't a joke so glad to hear you yeah. and the family are doing well man so look brother I want to hop right into this thing man I want to talk about man you, you know your childhood and things like that so as a boy, you know, when you were growing up, man, who and what was your example of a man? Hmm. I had a lot of good examples of a man. And, um, you know, my dad, my uncles, yeah. my grandfather, I had a lot of coaches, you know. So as, as a young boy, I would say my dad, I stuck close to him and he taught me a lot how to work with my hands and just how to be useful, resource, resourceful. Got you, man. Got you. So, you know, as a boy, what, what did being a man mean to you? What did that represent for you? It was more so providing for your family. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. My dad showed me how to work and how to provide for my family and how to you know, raise a family. Right, right. So, and how to be a good friend. How to be a good friend. You know, help, how to help people out. I've seen him help people from the goodness of his heart. And, you know, he, he built bridges in places that, you know, some people are reluctant to go. So, you That's know, true. growing up, you know, I played football in the county, you know, uh, Holland Springs uh, Little League when it right. was the Steelers. And I played uh, AU basketball out in the West End. We used right. to practice up in Rockville, like near Goochland. Right. And we would be playing with, uh, you know, like senators, lawyers, and doctors, children, and stuff like that. So I lead football and go to basketball and be jumping on trampolines and stuff. You know, shit was things that we didn't have in our backyard. Yeah, I get Pools it. and I stuff like it. that. You know, we had to go to the apartments to get in the pool and stuff like that, so. I definitely get it, man. So talk a little bit about what made you the man you are today, man. What into what, what went into making you the Kevin Atkins you are now versus what you were when you were younger? I would say, you know, when, when I was young, I had a pic, I, I idolized my dad. Yeah. I idolized, you know, my, my uncles, and, and I thought that that was the life, and yeah. which it, it is the life. It's, it's an aspect of life. Right. But I've all, always had a uh, very analytical mind and, and a very progressive mind in the sense right. of I always wanted to take it farther than what I could see. Right. So what makes me the, the man today is my thought process. You know, I'm always thinking about ways to push the culture forward, to push my family forward, to push myself beyond where I am and be that generational, you know, transcender or, you know, generational barrier breaker. Yeah. So, you know, I was the kid that would be watching the NFL bloopers. Right. And I didn't see anything funny about it. I was trying to find me a way to, you know, get some skills off that because, <laughs> you know, football wasn't known at the time or whatever. And I had it on the VHS cassette. Right, so right, right. I watched it doing about a hundred times, go outside, and I was a perfectionist. Right, right. I try to practice and sharpen my skills and stuff like that. 
And then I had older cousins, like my cousin Tony, who um, used to, my uncle Ricky used to come by and play one-on-one basketball with me. So I had a lot of men in my life that would come and spend that intimate time with me one-on-one and just, you know, be physical with me, push me to be better than what I was. And, and you know, part of it gave me toughness. But, you know, at the same time, I also realized that that wasn't completely who I wanted to be. Absolutely. So I did get wrapped up into living life, you know, for some years of how I felt like others wanted me to live, Mm. making decisions based off of what I think, you know, people would want me to do or taking advice from people and not necessarily listening to my heart and my mind. Yeah, man. So, you know, I also had a stubbornness to actually, you know, either listen or not listen. You know, right, it was right. 100%, you know, how we were growing up. Yeah, you yeah. know, we're daggone, know the right thing to do. Yeah. But, you know, we'll flirt with that line a little bit in terms of just being men, being growing up and being adults. You know, we never right. brought any trouble home, but at the same time, were we out there just making the best decisions nah but we had good enough people around us that you know help us understand like man you got to be responsible out here yeah how how did those those that that time in your life when you were living for others and weren't really living for what you wanted how how did that impact you going forward in your life like what what was just challenges with that i would say you never know people's intentions and people's motivation yeah So then I realized that, you know, I was never satisfied with the life that I was living because it wasn't necessarily true to who I was. Yeah. You know, it was more so of what I saw, my experience and um, my environment. Yeah. So, you know, I felt like I had to be some and, and as I'm becoming that, it was something that I didn't want to be. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a turning point. I was at a crossroads where I just looked at myself in the mirror and I said, look, you know, you're going to live on your own terms. Yeah. And, and right then and there, I just started making decisions for myself unapologetically. Mm. Not to say, you know, I was disrespectful and, you know, how I lived. I still am a very respectful person, but when it comes to making decisions for me, I leave that up to myself yeah and not you know people around me i still take advice you know wise man does seek counsel so i do take advice and i do listen but the end all be all i know i gotta live with the decision and the choices that i make so i always want to make sure that i'm able to sleep at night and i'm happy with who i am and that's regardless of if i have it all if i don't have it all if i'm going through whatever you know i can live with myself Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I get that, man. So I want to talk to you, you know, you said your dad, you know, showed you a lot of strength and, you know, about helping people, taking care of people and just, you know, doing the work and things like that. When it comes to your emotions and and emotions, how was that handled in your household when you was coming up? You know, I ain't really see my dad be emotional. Yeah. You know, so I ain't never really understood that until later on in life when I was emotional. I had to reach back. I was looking for him and, you know, he only did 
what his dad did for him. You know, yeah. we had conversations. He'll pull up on me. We'll ride to the grocery store and we'll have a, a nice conversation that will answer a lot of questions for me and, and give me some clarity. But at the same time, you know, he always been an advocate for, you know, being an individual. Man, you got to make up in your mind. And yeah. I'll take you back, right? When I was uh, my second year in Little League, I was probably like eight or nine years old. And um, I had played on this team and you know, I, I took winning serious, yeah. you know, and I hated to lose. Right. So I was finally in a position where, you know, I was playing the position that I wanted to play. And, um, you know, we was at practice one day and the team was bull. You know, they were joking around. So the coach made us run. So, you know, like usual, I, I finished first. Yeah. And he said, well, you keep running until the rest of the team finish running. So I look back and I see all of these guys joking and playing, just having a good old time. And it was like we had a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, you know, I was just upset because the whole season, you know, we didn't expect to be good. Yeah. But yeah. we was winning and we was in a position where we were going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And I, I quit the team. Mm. So my dad, being the man that he is and wanting me to be my own man, he didn't decide that for me. If I went back to the team or if I quit the team. Right, right. He asked me what was going on. And, you know, I told him and he said, well, what you want to do? That's all he ever in the conversation with is what you want to do. What you want to do. Because yeah. what you want to do matters. Right. So those those be the only emotional things that you know I saw from him in terms of, you know, him and my mom. He would, you know, hug her and kiss her and stuff like that. Yeah. And I rarely, you know, would say hear him call her uh baby and you yeah. know, say I love you and things like that. Just be intimate and Man. uh sensual yeah yeah so you know i didn't get you know that aspect right. of it and um no but i did get the the gentleman mm -hmm. and the the man's man yeah i got you man that makes sense so let me ask you now man like what's harder for you now man you know is it identifying what you feel processing through what you feel or expressing what you feel it's, I would say, processing what yeah. I feel and expressing what I feel because those were the things that I didn't see. Right. And I'm the type of person that if I can see it one time, you know, I remember it for life. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when I didn't see those things as I grew older, you know, all of these emotions was happening and I could identify the emotions. Yeah, I'm mad. I'm, I'm sad. I'm uh discouraged i'm depressed or right. you know i'm feeling let down or i'm feeling motivated i could identify all of that stuff but then processing it to be able to utilize it or express it to get some type of um progress like yeah. i've had trouble with that so i spent this part part of my life and um just working on that area of my life being more expressive and being able to process these emotions without being completely emotional about it. Right. So not letting the emotions get the best of me. Yeah. Being able to yeah. see it, identify it, and then work around it. Sort right. of like when, you know, a down block or, or right. a pool right. coming through. Right, 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 right. So for people who don't know, you know, we, you know, we always 
we were both football players. Now, Kevin played football at a very high level at the, the great Marshall University, who just celebrated the 50-year anniversary of the plane crash. You want to talk a little bit about that? But so when you hear us talking, we always refer things back or relate things back to football terminology because that's what we understand. And being yeah. that you played at a high level, one, what was it like being at Marshall in that culture as far as being, um, you know, a, a black man from the inner city? versus, you know, what you're seeing in that rural area in West Virginia? You know, it was cool, but uncomfortable at the same time. So yeah. I, I would say it was comfortable. I was comfortable because I was a football player and yeah. it was a football town. Yeah. So, you know, the things that happened up there could only go so far. Right, right. And it was uncomfortable because I had never been around that many white people before. Right. And this was a different type of white person than the ones that we grew up with in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was just, you know, different. I had some situations where I was coming out of the Walmart and, you know, I was raised that if you ain't buying nothing, don't put your hands on nothing. Yeah. So I had a cop pull me over and, you know, I never touched anything. I just pushed the basket through the Walmart. Yeah. The other person I was with was shopping and he pulled us when I walked out the door and said, you know, can I search you? We got you on camera for stealing. And I was just like, you know, you got to show me the tape because I ain't touched nothing. Right. And, you know, I had a situation where I was in the Burger King and they cut the lights off on me after I ordered at the speaker and I pull up to the window and I'm knocking on the window like, man, you know, I just ordered. And next thing you know, eight police officers rushed the car guns drawn and everything you know giving us all types of um contradicting directions and stuff like that yeah and, and, yeah. and you know it could have been a situation where it would have been like police you know brutality or something like that and it was right. one black cop out of the eight yeah and luckily he saw me next week and he was like man i gotta tell you you handled that situation very well and i looked at him like man how else i'm supposed to handle it like, <laughs> You know, yeah. I got eight guns at Yeah. And, you know, got people that's looking for a reason to shoot. Yeah. But, you know, they didn't shoot. And, you know, it was all good. So, like, but for the most part, it was a culture shock for me. And, um, you know, but I had a good time, though. You know, yeah. you came up there and visited. And then, you know, we had some good times. and never really feared for my life. Right, right, right. Talk about... You know, being that you play football at such a high level, you know, we talk about it's fostering some masculinity. What are some of the, you know, some of the traps that you fall into as a football player playing at a, such a high level and getting caught up in that fostering some masculinity? Oh, you get a, a ego. Yeah. And you start to be more than what you really are in your mind. Yeah. And not only that, like you start, you get unfocused in terms of undisciplined right. about your own plans and stuff. So, you know, I used to want to be an architect and engineer. Yeah. And you no know, football took me to places that I couldn't go ordinarily. You know, my right. parents wasn't going to pay for school. Right. And I wasn't dreaming of going to college to play football. Right. It, it just happened. And, you know, long story short, 
my senior year, I had to go back and take ninth and 10th grade classes just to be eligible to get an opportunity to go. Right. So, right. you know, one of the reasons I went to Marshall because the coach told me that I could do that and I wouldn't have to go to prep school or JUCO and stuff. So, like, when I did that and got the grades up, you know, it came back around. I ended up signing with Marshall because they had gave me that advice mm. and stuff like that. So, like, you get an ego. So then I started feeling like, you know, I had put some work in, so I had to work to get to where I was. It wasn't okay. handed to me. But at the same time, you know, I was on billboards and stuff like that right. at the end of my career. And I actually had to put the work in to get there. And, you know, you just start feeling like, you start feeling yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the worst enemy you can have is your ego. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. in terms of um, just growth, it, it kind of hinders your growth. Yeah. Sometimes you need an ego to progress, to be ambitious and stuff. You gotta be able to be confident and see it. Right. But sometimes right. it just, you know, it doesn't get you anywhere. So that was my issue. It's just, I grew an ego and I felt like, you know, I would, I'd arrived where yeah. if you yeah. look at the greats and, and people who actually go far, yeah. they never in their mind feel like I've arrived yeah. until it's over. Yeah. You know, and, and the, then the smoke clears. And that's what happened. You know, I, I felt like I arrived. I stopped uh, putting that extra work in, getting that extra rep out. I started settling for doing my three sets of 25 and no more. Right. You know, didn't run no extra. I was just doing enough to get by. And then I actually was arrogant mm. where I felt like, oh, man, I don't need this. And, you know, in some cases I didn't need it, but that was in my mind. When I look back at that film, you know, I really did need that. <laughs> right, 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 right. They so, say all the time, the film don't lie. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, you know, it's just one of those things where you just unfocus and you don't strive for the best. Yeah, yeah. I get it, man. Now, now that you're older, man, how has your definition of a man changed over the years? Of what a man really is. My definition today would be an open-ended answer. Mm. And that's for the evolution of a man. Gotcha. So you know, I take the 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 definition of a man and you know, I form the the meat of it. Yeah. And I also leave room to improve. Gotcha. So you know, I, I never arrive at the great man that I desire to be. So I'm always striving to be better, you know? And and that's not easy given the bad habits that we have and the foundation that we inherit in terms of environment and, you know, examples and stuff like that. Now, you know, my dad and my uncles, they all are great men, the coaches, you know, that been in our lives and stuff, but they were also flawed men. Yeah meaning that they deal with the same set of issues that we deal with. Yeah. And that's the thing I think that I would change now is I would, you know, tell my son, like, man, look, you're going to, you're a great man today, Yeah. but it's always room to be greater. So don't never sit down and feel like, man, this is it Yeah. because it's never it. And you're going to have a kid that's looking up to you and that you want to be an example to. And, 
you know, you want to teach them and you want to show them everything that, you know, you feel like you didn't have or just everything so that they can be sharper. You know, mm. it's not about, you know, what I didn't have that made me. It's more so about what I desire yeah. that, that makes me. Yeah. Yeah. That's critical, man. That's powerful. So let me ask you this, man. When it comes to stress and challenges in your life now, what are some ways that you deal with it and manage those type of things? You know, part of me want to be the old me where yeah. I shut down and I internalize it and it beats me up yeah. instead of me beating everybody else up. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to find balance with that. So, yeah. you know, a, a consciousness of being in the moment and mm. making that decision in the moment to say, hey, let me just try this. Let me do this. And right then and there in that moment and just to get that different experience. Yeah. Yeah. And to have that in your DNA. So that's one way. And then, you know, I meditate. Mm, okay. I write. So, you know, things that I feel like I can't say, I say it to paper and you know, I write it down right. and then I read it back and I see, you know, I see what my head at or what my heart at. Yeah. And that's what comes out of me. So, you know, says for uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaker for something like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, I, I believe that, you know, that goes with your music. So, you know, I try to put things in my atmosphere that helps me deal with things and also sought counseling you wow. know okay so i got a counselor and um you know i talked to him and we talk about things and he give me a list of things to do i might do some i might not do some right, right. So i guess i'm still fighting with the the old me because i was doing that stuff for so long i was running that program for so long it's it's hard to break that habit absolutely that's my first instinct is to go back to that that kid that want to just clam up yeah and feel like you know i gotta get through this nobody understand me or you know i'm not being heard or you know those things and then you know sometimes you know good and well i call you and yeah. i talk to you <laughs> right right and, right you know right. We, we chop it up and, and just refocusing yeah yeah. So you definitely got to have some accountability where you got some people that are going to hold you to yourself, you know, who you are, your identity, and they're going to keep you true to that. And yeah. so, you know, good thing about it is like a lot of my friends are progressive men. Like yeah. we ain't knocking the people came before and we use them as, you know, I would say guides to go even further, understanding that, you know, we got to put a light down that road as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's how I deal with it, just by surrounding myself with good people, outlets, you know, I really never like to exercise and work out and stuff like that. So like, I don't necessarily go to the gym. Right. And right. I might do push-ups or sit-ups. I'm on the Herschel Walker plan, but yeah, but right. I ain't about to go and be no bodybuilder and stuff right, like that. Right. That just never was in me. But yeah, it, it's therapeutic when you do actually lift the weights and you do, you know, move stuff around. And I still play sports from time to time, but I got right. to be careful with that as well. So yeah, you're older now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're I ain't older trying now. to wait till I'm forty to down <laughs> tear ACL or yeah. you know, I don't want to go the same way. Yeah, <laughs> you I don't want to go now, man. Way. Your body don't respond the same way, man. Hey. 
Yeah, man, I get it, you're man. right. I get it, man. So, um, let me ask you this, man. What are some of the things that bring you joy? What are some of the things you do to bring you joy that bring you joy? Family, you yeah. know, just being around family and laughing and seeing people doing good, or yeah. just being around people that that really know you. Yeah. Versus people that's getting to know you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um. I, I like, you know, I still like sports. So I watch a lot of sports, and um, right. that brings me joy seeing seeing people compete. Real estate, yeah. You know, yeah, real estate brings me a lot of joy because it reminds me of the game. Yeah, and I can relate both and put it in the, the language that I understand. Yeah, so I'm able to break down this game like I did this game. Right, and, right, right. you know understanding what I wanted to do back then, I'm able to do that now because, you know, now I want to be better and, and I want to improve. So real estate, um, being creative. Yeah. You know, yeah. I grew up thinking I couldn't draw, but drawing is just your ability to focus on an object. Yeah. And so I draw a little bit. You know, I got canvases where I draw a little bit and just come up with creative ideas. And my kids bring me joy of seeing them and how they approach life. That that helps me out a lot. Yeah. And um, fishing. I love to fish. Right, right. right. Yeah, I like to fish. And um, I like to barbecue, cook. So, you know, I love to cook. I'll get in the kitchen and go in the zone and Right. You know, throw some music on or or complete silence. Silence bring me joy too. <laughs> so wow, you know, if you can quiet, yeah. yeah, if you can yeah. quiet your mind yeah. from running and just the constant conversations that we have in our heads mm -hmm. that create what's outside of us is, you know, important as well. So like you know, sometimes I just like to go into a closet and just relax and get away from the noise yeah man and you know it, it could be complete darkness but in that room it just feels like it's lit up for me and i can see and feel the space even though i'm you know in a constricted space so yeah, man. you know i like to go my imagination using using that brings me joy and then i got a new hobby here as well so and I um, did some landscaping like a couple years back. Okay. And I found these Japanese maple trees. So I've been growing trees from from seeds. Wow. So, you know, I like uh, viewing nature and motion and stuff like that. So what I do is every November around this time, actually next week, what I'll do is I'll go to my different spots and the seeds on these trees that I like will be dropping the seeds on the ground. Okay. Most people gonna sweep them up and put them in a bag and throw them away. What I do is I get a freezer bag and I collect them, bring them home, put them in the refrigerator and let them sit in there until like February. Then I germinate them and then plant them. Wow. And these, cool. you know, these trees right here, you know, three to five years, you know, they like anywhere from $150 to $1,500. Okay. Okay. So you know, very unique trees. Like, I got a couple that I'm reading up on how to do uh, bonsai trees. Okay. Yeah. So you know, make bonsai trees. So I like to read and stuff. 
you know, things that I did not like to do <laughs> back then. It brings me joy. It's, it's very stimulating. Yeah, and that's great, man. That's that's very important, man, to find that joy. Last question, man, and, and I just want to ask you, man, like, what kind of legacy are you leaving in this world, brother? You no, know, I often think about that. Yeah. And being 37 today and having, you know, dreams of what I want to do in the future and then knowing that the future is not promised. Yeah. You know, I want to leave a legacy of, of love, of community, of unity yeah. and togetherness. Yeah. So things that I do, it's like on purpose. You know, I go out there on purpose and do things for people that wouldn't expect it, you know, right. and things that would naturally go against the grain in, in, in the society's mind right. of what you should do and what you shouldn't do. So, you know, that's what I want to do is leave a legacy of community and freedom, you know, freedom of expression. And that's where I got into real estate and helping people create economic freedom through real estate and showing my kids that, you know, being an entrepreneur produces freedom, but it's hard work. And the joy of it is you have control over what you can do in terms of working in your life and stuff like that. And then just showing love to people. Like a lot of people out here, you know, looking for love and just lacking love because, yeah. you know, they so stuck in how they were raised and what that shaped them to be. And so, you know, we look at others and we feel like, you know, I don't want to be that person. Or, you know, I want to go directly and judge that person. Well, I look at yeah. people and I see myself. You know, and that helps me deal with the world because I view them as I see me. So if I'm looking at this homeless guy, you know, I look at me being homeless and what would I do? Now, I don't help him all the time. Right. You know, so you know, I, I help him as much as I can, but not to my own demise. Yeah. And um, yeah, don't sure. let it. Yeah. yeah, I don't let it take control of my heart, but right. it does touch me and I do, I do pray, you know, that things are better. So, you know, in this world today with a lot of stuff going on and growing up, that's another thing. I grew up around diversity. Yeah. You know, I grew up around the police department and, you know, uh, business owners and, you know, lifetime workers and non-workers, you know, hustlers. I grew up around all of that. So yeah. and I was able to see all of these people as, you know, myself, because, you know, if you paint the picture, I'm somewhere in there with them. So right. that doesn't make me greater or lesser. It just makes me a part of it. Got so, it, huh? you know, the legacy I want to leave is that we all won and we all should be striving to make this place a better place for each other. Make sure that everybody having a good experience. You know, we come from the garage where, you know, we all had something to contribute. Yeah. That was distinctly yeah. different from the other person. Right, right. But the ability to share and to actually care beyond yourself and your needs is what made that special for us. Absolutely. And that's what makes it, you know, 
a lasting memory and a and a joyful memory is the fact that we came together and we created experiences for others that they'll remember for a lifetime. Absolutely, man. And that's wonderful, brother. Listen, man, I, I appreciate you coming through, man, and and be and, and opening up and talking about where you are, some of the things you've been through and where you're at today, man. You know, I love you like a brother, man. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate this, brother. This is great. Listen, man, enjoy the rest of your day, man. We're gonna we're gonna catch up soon, brother. But I appreciate you coming through the Made Man Project, man, and dropping some knowledge on us today, my man. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, you know, we check back in down the road and um, you know, do it again just to see the growth because it's yeah. it's the evolution of a man, you know, not the definition of a man for me. But yeah, I appreciate you having me and, you know, I appreciate you doing what you're doing, DB Powers, and, you know, you really are out here helping men tear down these false sense of masculinity and self-limiting beliefs and and actually make waves out here as a man. And, and that's what we need in our community. Our Black community is just to, you know, take away all of the illusion. Yes, sir. And get down to the reality. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, I appreciate you, brother. I love you as well. And yes, wish you more and more success. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, brother. Hey, hey. I'm here, my brother. You know I love you. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. I just want to be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, because you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man.